Bibles, and I hope you do, turn in them to Colossians 3. That's where we'll be in just a few minutes. Our series that we've been looking at is Killing Sin Before It Kills You. And honestly, what we have been doing, if you bring up that next slide, we're, we're really renewing our minds, which is what we're going to be talking about today, renewing our minds. Uh, we're really not looking at so much what we must do just yet as much as what God has done, acknowledging what the spiritual battle is. There's temptations from the devil, testings from God, accepting the ground rules of temptation, that God is always good. The problem is not God. The problem is always us, the world, the flesh, and the devil. But deliverance is possible, and, but it's critical that you put your past behind you. I hope you've done that, and we can move on from our past to the present struggle, focusing on God's ultimate purpose, multiplying image bearers. It's not just a negative, oh, I just, you know, I got to screw myself up to try harder to not sin. No, I get to look upon the face of the glory of God in the person of Christ and know that God's goal is to make me more like him. And then we moved into what are we to be doing? We're to live the oxymoron, the gracious oxymoron of a crucified life by knowing, reckoning, and yielding. But as you see in your notes, old habits die hard and sinful ones die even harder. And that's why we need to talk this morning about replacing and renewing. Replacing and renewing. I thought about renewing my mind as we flew to Albuquerque. Uh, we, we haven't flown much here since post-COVID. And I've, I really never fly to where I never check a bag. But since this was just a two-and-a-half-day thing, we, uh, we, we got it down to actually we had just our carry-on. So we're, I hadn't flown for a while and, and have really never flown to where I didn't have a checked bag. And so we go through uh, the new airport, which was beautiful, wonderful experience. Got in there, had to have, uh, buy some barbecue as soon as I got there to try the airport barbecue, which was very good, Dane, very good barbecue. And uh, we get in, go through security, whatever. Then we come back uh, yesterday, and we go through security, and all of a sudden they're tearing my bag apart, they're taking my hair gel from me, and uh, it was just it was like major issues. And I'm just like, you know, anyway, it was, it was a sanctifying moment. I, 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 afterwards, I thought, oh, I should have done some more no reckoning and yielding there in that moment with the uh, TSA people who were so rude. But there, and uh, so I lost my hair gel. And uh, I thought later, I thought, you know, I, I, I needed to renew my mind with the packing and the rules and the regulations, and I just kind of went in there, and, and I forgot to renew my mind with that information of how you have to, what you need to be thinking about, where things need to be in your pockets, and how you need to do that. And that's what we're talking about here. We need to, if, if, if we don't renew our minds with these truths that we were just looking at, and what I'm going to show you this morning, if we don't renew our minds, then we just operate like we always do. And then all of a sudden, 
they're scanning things and pushing back and and you're tempted and you're giving in to sin and angry attitudes and frustration and you have to renew your mind. So I've got two truths I want you to look at this morning. Replacement and renewal. Replacement and renewal. And I think it will bring together uh, everything that we have been learning thus far. And if you're new today, that's okay. This is a great place to jump in to this series. So the first thing I want you to see this morning is this. Killing sin is a replacement process. Killing sin is a replacement process. And I hope you're already there. Colossians chapter 3. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. I'm just going to read through some of these passages so that you can see these two ideas, replacement and renewal. Now, notice in chapter 3 of Colossians, jump up to uh, verse 2. It says, set your mind on things that are above. So there's that idea we learned last week. It's knowledge. There is a certain knowledge that you must renew your mind with. He says, set your mind. Then drop down to verse 5. He says, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. There's the idea of know, set your mind, reckon, verse 5, reckon certain things dead, reckon certain things alive. Then drop down to verse 8, but now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, verse 10, and have put on the new self who is being what? Renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So all these principles are being brought together here. No, reckon, and yield is right in there. The idea, the ultimate goal of being transformed to the image of Christ is the goal there in verse 10. But did you notice it's a replacement process? Put off and put on. Put off and put on. And then in verse 10... It's done through renewal, renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. And in verse 11, a renewal in which there is no distinction. Doesn't matter who you are this morning. This is the process that you need to have to kill sin. It is a replacement process. Turn over to Ephesians 4, which is a parallel passage to this Colossians passage. Ephesians chapter 4, and let's pick it up in verse 17. I just want you to see replacement, and it's actually replacement and renewal. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So this I say, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind being darkened in their understanding. There's the idea of knowledge is critical. Excluded 
from the life of God, that's just another way of saying spiritually dead, death is separation, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. They lack spiritual knowledge because of the hardness of their heart. And they have become callous and have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Now, verse 20. But you did not learn Christ in this way. You have a different knowledge. You did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him. What is he referring to? The principles that we've been learning in this series. He's thinking about Romans 6. He's thinking about all these principles that we have seen in Scripture. And he says, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. That is going on. Your old man, your old way of life is corrupted and being Uh, destroyed by sin, and that you be renewed, there's the renewal, in the spirit of your mind, and put on, there's the replacement, put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, and has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. So all I want you to see is replacement and renewal. Then look at verses 25 through 32. And our lead pastor, Pastor Bruce, just preached on this passage. Notice in verses 25 through 32, it is a replacement process. Put off, put on. Put off dealing falsely with one another. Put on dealing honestly. Put off unresolved anger with one another. Put on resolving conflict with one another. Put off rotten talk about one another. Put on gracious talk with one another put off a malicious heart because the heart is always the heart of the problem and put on a tender heart toward one another so we see in these passages replacement and renewal let me give you three principles on replacement okay as we look at this first of all this replacement process is a lifelong repentance. Replacement is just another way of saying repentance. It's a replacement process of forsaking old habits and embracing new spiritual ones. The whole Christian life is a life of repenting. Not just when you come to Christ, but our killing sin is a lifelong replacement process where you turn from what is sinful in order to turn to God and do that which is pleasing to Him. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 1. And you can turn there in your Bibles. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 9 through 10, explains what the whole Christian life is, a life of repentance. 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 through 10. For they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you. Paul's talking to how the Thessalonians came to Christ. You turned to God from idols 
to serve a living and true God. So we don't just turn from our sins to get forgiveness and then live any way we want. We turn from our sins in order to serve the living and true God. And how do we serve him? We know, we reckon, and we yield. We say, I know I am dead to sin. I am alive to God through the being united in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Therefore, I reckon this true of myself by faith. I am united in him through baptism. And now I present myself to serve him. That's just the Christian life. Uh, turn back to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Here's Paul again summarizing the entire Christian life as lifelong repentance. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. I hope you think of your Christian life as a lifelong repentance. Okay? Look at Colossians 1, 13 through 14. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So there's the idea. You're turning from darkness to the kingdom of his son, from the rule of Satan over our lives. We have been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, what does one's life look like? If you fail to live a life of repentance, Jesus tells us in Matthew 12. So turn your Bibles to Matthew 12, and we are going to look at a parable of how not to live the Christian life, how not to kill sin. And it's a powerful, powerful parable by Jesus. So Matthew 12, Matthew 12, I'm in Matthew 24, let's get to the right one. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. Now, notice what Jesus says here. And this, this is a parable about a spiritual reality. So he's just not making this up. This is what happens. Look at verse 43. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man... It passes through waterless places, seeking rest, and does not find it. So the scenario is a man whose heart and life is being exercised of a demon. A demon is being cast out of his life and his heart. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he finds it, it is unoccupied, swept, and put in order. So he, this house that he has left that, that was disrupted and chaotic and being corrupted by, a, by the presence of the demon, he's cast out. He finds no place to go, and he says, well, I'm going to go back to this guy. But he finds that it's unoccupied. It's swept and everything is put in order. Someone has tried to reform their life. They've tried to clean up their life. They've tried to stop sinning by being a better person. But the problem is the house of their heart is unoccupied. And so what happens? 
verse 45. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. They're like, hey, this guy, like, hey, living in this dude's heart was pretty good. It was a, it was a great gig if you can get it. I heard it's unoccupied. It's open. It's, it's available to rent. Let's go. And he brings seven other demons. And the last state of the man becomes worse than the first. And this is the way it will also be with this evil generation. What he's saying is someone tried to clean up their life by being more religious, by being more moral, maybe even by trying to be more godly, going to a Bible-believing church like ours and many others in our city and, and trying to do better, but their heart was unoccupied. You see, they didn't do a replacement process. They simply cleaned up their life, tried to discipline themselves, and the demon comes back, and his state is worse than what it was before. I hope you can see the importance of replacement. The empty house pictures the secular person, moral, the moralist or the religious person who tries better to follow the rules to kill sin. But that's not how you do it. You have to have someone occupying the heart. And that person is who? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be union with him. So let's look at the replacing and God's ultimate purpose. You see, remember, God's ultimate purpose is not greater purity. The man with the unoccupied heart was probably purer with the demon gone. It's not better performance. He had everything in order in his life. It's not even more power. He may have thought, I've cast out this demon. I've, I've received power to live better. I'm in a good place. But God's ultimate purpose is the presence of God living in us to transform us into Christ. Your life and your heart should not be unoccupied. Make sense? We need Christ living in us. What about the replacement process in the crucified life? Well, last week we talked about, the or last two weeks, talked about the crucified life. We live the crucified life in a person. See, if you're not careful, you can accept Christ. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in your heart. You have God in your heart. You know these truths in your head. But when you go to live, you live without this true replacement process. You forget that the person of Christ, I'm united with him. That's why no reckoning and yielding is so important. I know that I am united with him in his death. I know I am united with him in his life. Therefore, I consider these things true. I am dead to sin, but I'm alive to God. Therefore, I yield my life and my members as weapons for righteousness. It's a replacement process. It's not cleaning up your act. It's not trying harder. It's not passively praying that sin would be, you would be delivered from sin. It's not passively reading the Bible and somehow reading the Bible is just going to automatically cleanse your life. 
No, it's a replacement process. So here's the bottom line. It's never enough to reject the sin. You need to replace it with righteousness. It's a replacement process. It's never enough to simply stop doing certain things. You need to renew your mind and replace it with that which pleases God. And I've shown you Ephesians 4, put off, put on. There's the idea. So let me uh, illustrate this way. Okay, right now I just want you to quit thinking about the number seven. Okay, quit thinking about the number seven. You know, you know how seven is like that. Don't think about seven. Don't you dare, Becky, think about seven. I want you to be godly and not think about the number seven. Gavin, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about the number seven. Exactly. Instead, I want you to think about 100 divided by two times by three. And what are you thinking about? Okay, you can get your phones out if you need to. 100 divided by two times by three. What are you thinking about, Caitlin? Oh, <laughs> do what? Uh, what is she thinking about, Emily? Help your friend out. 150. You're thinking about 150. So what are you doing? Seven's gone. Why? Because you're thinking about something totally. You're replacing it. Are you with me? So, okay, I don't want you to think about seven. What I instead want you to think about, and I gave you something else to think about. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Now, we just don't come up with crazy mathematical equations to renew our minds with. We have the Word of God. Amen? But that's a a great illustration of what we do. Uh, What's the best way to take air out of a bottle? Well, you could get a degree in physics or try to squeeze it out, but would you get it all out and you could, you could have an air pump and all, everything? Or you could just take that bottle and fill it with water. Fill it with something else, forcing out and not allowing there to be room for anything else. That's, it's really that simple in Christ. Here's the second principle. This replacement process provides living proof that genuine repentance and deliverance is taking place in your life. This replacement process is living proof. So instead of having an orderly life that still doesn't manifest Christ, you have fruit of repentance. Look at Luke chapter 3. Go back to Luke chapter 3 and the ministry of John the Baptist. He preached repentance. But he emphasized that repentance is forsaking certain fruits of sin and replacing them with fruits of righteousness. Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 8. Therefore, John says, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. If you've really done this replacement process, then it will see, your, your life will be changed. And do not begin to say to yourselves, as a Jewish person would say, we have Abraham as our father. He's like, okay, we've got the right religious DNA. We've got the right legacy. We've got the right background. We can just rest on Father Abraham. And John says, I say to you, from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. And listen, 
That is what conversion is. Taking a stone cold heart and transforming it into a tender, life changed, transformed heart of flesh. Then he goes on and he says, Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees, so every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So let's say you were going to bear, you said, you know what, you know, Gwen and I said, you know, let's, let's, let's plant an apple tree. We want apples. And you plant that tree and it grows and it grows and year after year it never has apples. What are we going to do to that tree if we planted it for apples? You're going to cut it down. And you might try a pear tree. I don't know. You might try another tree. But you're going to keep planting a tree until you get the fruit that that tree is supposed to bear. And that's what John's saying. John's saying, look, if you're going to repent, then you should have the fruit of repentance. And the crowds were questioning him, saying, then what shall we do? I mean, basically, if we can't rely on our religious uh, heritage, what are we going to do? And he, he would answer and say, the man who has two ten- tunics is to share with him who has none. He who has food, share with him who has none. And some tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you have been ordered to. And some soldiers, Roman soldiers, were questioning him, What about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not take money from anyone by force, accuse anyone falsely, and be content with your wages. He's simply walking them through their personal sin habits. Do you see how he personalized it? So what you need to be doing is thinking, what are my sin habits that are unique to maybe my vocation, unique to my personality, unique to my season in life, and what do I need to forsake And what do I need to replace? You say, well, maybe that's just a Jewish thing, a gospel thing. Well, look at Acts, or listen to Acts 26.20. Here's how Paul preached. Here's the message Paul preached. He kept declaring, both to those of Damascus first, also at Jerusalem, Jewish, then throughout all the region of Judea and even to Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. Lifelong repentance has living fruit, (coughs) excuse me, living fruit, which is living proof, that you're in this replacement process. Third principle. This replacement process is a repeated principle in the Bible. I could take you again and again and again. Listen to the Apostle Paul. I think I have these verses in your notes. He says to Timothy, first letter, flee these things, you man of God, and pursue these things. Flee, pursue. Lifelong repentance. Then he says in his second letter, he doesn't, this is the, this is how you kill sin. Flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. 
Then he speaks to the Romans, a church he had never been to. And in Romans 13, he says this, Let's behave properly as in the day. We've, we've turned from darkness to light. We've turned from night to day. Let's behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity, in sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. Notice what I call white-collar sins are mixed all in with the blue-collar sins. Well, I would never commit immorality. But do you see what she was wearing? Or do you see how poorly those TSA agents treated me, Gwen? And suddenly in your heart, there's anger, there's frustration, there's irritation. These are the sins that we are not to do, but notice, put on, but put on who? What's the verse say? Put on who? The Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's not just a change rules, stop doing this, start doing this. No, it's put on the person of Christ. No, reckon, yield. Make no provision for the flesh. So that's the replacement process, okay? Critical to that process is renewing your mind. So the second thing and the thing I want to end with today is killing sin requires renewing your mind. And I won't take you back through Romans 12 that says, by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then Ephesians 4, which we've already said, put off and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Colossians 3, you have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image. So critical to the replacement process, which is essential, which is lifelong repenting, put off, put on, is this renewing of the mind with what Christ has already done for you. Okay, so it always goes back to Christ. Let me share this real quickly here. So faith comes by hearing. We want to partner with them more. But you know what the danger of the flesh and even Christian organizations, our church, can be tempted to do the same thing? They're talking about these proclaimers, these little little pieces of technology that can take the Word of God. And I probably heard it once. I heard it a dozen times in, in, in less than a day and a half. The world needs proclaimers. We got to get proclaimers. We need proclaimers. And I just disciplined myself to say every time they said that, the world needs Jesus. Yes, this is, this is a critical tool in the Word of God, but the Word of God reveals who? Jesus. And see, pretty soon we reduce fulfilling God's mission and killing sin in our lives. We always, the flesh wants to take us away from Jesus. Are you, I hope I'm, you know, great ministry. I'm not, I'm not critiquing the ministry. It's just how our flesh operates. We tend to focus on that which, you know, I can give to get a proclaimer. I can take a proclaimer, I, 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 and not realizing, oh, Lord, it's you. 
The proclaimer is just a tool. And even the Word of God, we're going to see in a moment, transforms us. But how does it transform us? By revealing who He is. The written Word reveals the living Word. And the living Word speaks through the written Word. So that was just a, a, a takeaway for me from this weekend. So why is renewing the mind so essential? And this is, I think I just illustrated, because the gospel is a declaration of what Christ has done. We're we're renewing our minds, not with human reasoning. We're renewing our minds with the gospel, which which is a declaration, not I, but Christ who lives in me. Not I, but him. We sing, what is the song we sing? Don't we sing a song like that? Yeah, what's it called? Yet not I but Christ. Oh, we sing a song like that. That Why? So we're, we're renewing our minds with the knowing, the reckoning, the yielding of what Christ has already done. So please understand, knowledge isn't a seminary degree. Knowledge is in, isn't merely reading more of the Bible. As important and as passionate as I am about that. You hear that all the time here. But it's because that knowledge of what Christ has done, is doing, and has yet to do. So, let me give you a couple principles or answer a couple questions. What does renewing the mind really mean? Well, it means two things. Replacing my old way of thinking, which is distorted by sin, with God's new way of thinking. So when the Bible talks about old and new, when, he's, when the Bible talks about renewing with something new, new is used in two ways. A new kind of thinking and a new time, something that's new in time. When I'm saying this, I'm saying the way we think about life is distorted. Our, the, our knowledge, our reasoning is distorted, and we need a new quality of thinking. We need thinking that's not distorted by my fallenness. I'm depressed. What should I do? Medicate it some way with sexuality, with pornography, with drinking, with eating, with buying, with... uh, 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 What do you... On Netflix, where you... uh, the binge watch, right? Or what do they call it? Yeah, yeah, binge watch. Okay, thank you, Jeremy. Keep me on. That's the old way of thinking. You need a new kind of thinking that says, renew yourself with the Word and, and with Christ. Secondly, replacing my old thoughts of who I was in the past in Adam without Christ, and new thoughts of who I am right now in Christ. So a new kind of thinking and a new time. The old Chris is gone. The new Chris in Christ is here. That was how I used to do it. I don't do that anymore because that's not who I am. Isn't that good? It's like... Having an old boss that was really mean. Anybody ever had a boss that was mean? A few of you have had. Okay, so you've been there. 
And it's, it's, it's horrible. You go in there and, and you, you're, you're, you brace up and you, you harden yourself and you anticipate and you have defensive strategies and avoidance strategies. Anything else I'm missing? You, you have all the strategy. That's the old boss. Then he gets fired and you all have a party and the new boss comes. And the new boss is really nice. But if you're not careful, you're going to go into work like you used to with the old boss. You're going to go, what did he mean by that? Well, I don't know. I'm not the old boss. I'm the new boss. I meant what I said. Yeah, but will you keep your promise? I'm not the old boss. I'm the new boss. You need to change your way of thinking. But that illustration only goes so far because we don't have an old boss and a new boss. We were the old boss. And we are the old boss and we're dead in Christ. Now I'm the new boss. And so now I don't act like the old boss that I was. It's a total transformation of who you are because of what Christ has done in you. Second thing I want you to see, what difference does renewing my mind with God's word make? The old Chinese proverb, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit, sow a habit, and you reap a character. Well, in Christ, that's not just a proverb, that's a reality. So let me, real quickly, these are passages that you can look at, some we have looked at. The difference between conforming and transforming is mind renewal with the gospel. Romans 12. Don't be conformed, be transformed. How do I get transformed? By the renewing of your mind. The difference between submission and rebellion. The difference between submission and rebellion. We looked at Romans 6 for two weeks. Know this. Know this. Your old self was crucified in order that the body of sin might be done away with so that we are no longer slaves to sin. Romans 6, 9. Know this. Renew your mind with this. Death is no longer your master. You, you don't submit. You don't rebel against God anymore. You submit to God. Uh, number three, the difference between a clean heart and a filthy heart is mind renewal. Psalm 119, listen to this. this the, us men and women in this class, none of us are immune to the onslaught of pornography. How can a young man, young woman, old man, old woman keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Do, let, do not let me wonder from my, your commandments your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Mind renewal. Difference between a filthy heart and a clean heart. Difference between spirit fruit and fleshly works. The difference between spirit fruit and fleshly works. If I had time, I'd take you to Colossians 3. Let the word of God dwell in your hearts. Ephesians Four, uh, Ephesians, uh, 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 is it four? Yeah, Ephesians four. Uh, walk in the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. The same thing erupts into the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the bottom line: 
John Piper once said this, My mother wrote in my Bible when I was 15 years old, and she, he still has the Bible. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. But we know John Owen says, based on Romans 8.13, Be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. Piper says, we see that these two mottos are very closely connected. Because Romans 8.13 says, we put to death sin by the Spirit. And we know in Ephesians, the weapon the Spirit uses is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so Piper says, this book will keep you from sin, and this book will kill sin. It has the power to do that. If we could flash all of our thoughts on an IMAX screen from this past week, wouldn't that be an interesting movie to watch? If you flashed on an IMAX screen all of my thoughts, you would then know where my heart is. You would know Exactly how you are doing spiritually, by what you're thinking on. You aren't what you think you are, but what you think you are in Christ. And that's a reality. How do I renew my mind on a daily basis? So let me end with this, and it's, it's, it's basic, but are you doing it? Am I doing it? Identify the thoughts God wants you to replace. Identify the thoughts. What are those ruts that you think through? Are you a judgmental person? Are you a critical person? Are you a negative person? What is the, what is the sin beneath that sin? Two, discover God's thoughts in the Bible, which are the opposite. You have to do some study. What is it that I am thinking on that I need to repent? put off. What do I need to be thinking on? It's found in the Bible. Number three, memorize in order to repeatedly think on God's word anytime, anywhere. Memorizing is the hard work of repeating something until it gets, until it penetrates your heart. And you memorize in order to do the third or the fourth thing, and that's meditate. Meditate on God's word as you go to sleep and as soon as you wake up. What's the, what's the last thing you do? God help us if it's always to look at our phone. What's the first thing you do when you get up? God help us if it's always to look at our phone. Unless you're memorizing scripture on your phone. Unless you're reading scripture on your phone. What is it that you go to bed thinking on? What is it? Take a... Bible software and put in the word meditate and search the Old Testament and look at all those verses, especially Psalms, Psalms. I've got like 15 verses here and it just talks about meditating and it talks about at night, lying on the bed, getting up, just meditating and memorizing the word of God. And then finally, replace negative, sinful thoughts with promises from God, with prayers to God, and with praises to God. So all of this is this process. So as I take the Word of God, 
So I've already told you in this series, I've done this with Galatians 2.20. I memorize that. I meditate on it. As I encounter situations, I remind myself I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. In the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I, I, I meditate on that. And then I need to act on it. And so I have at your table, I have a handout of how to, how to meditate. You, it's a skill. It's an easy skill. You already do it. You already meditate. You know, here's the thing. I've been at this long enough, and I'm old enough now. I remember teaching these kind of thoughts without phones in our lives. And you try to convince people, you can meditate. You have time to meditate. Well, now, as preachers and teachers, you don't have to uh, explain that to people. All you do is say, you know, pull up your phone, and it'll tell you how long you've been meditating. Right? We are meditating all the time now but it's our phones surfing 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 looking watching and that i'm not none of that is necessarily wrong but are you doing any of this are you doing any of this far too many conservative christians are discipled by fox news and not by the word of god and far too many progressive Christians are discipled by CNN or MSNBC instead of the Word of God. So here's all these ways. So renew your mind. I mean, I'm talking, Gwen and I just did a week and a half, a, a day and a half of testimony after testimony of how the, just listening to the Word of God, discussing it and meditating on it, in your heart language can transform your life and it can start a disciple making movement but here we sit with a wealth a wealth it's not you know there's a bible app for memorization write this down verses verses is a great bible app i think you pay 5 bucks for life it is a great bible memorization app and but as you meditate Turn it into prayer. Lord, I am crucified with you. Help me to live that way today. Then you turn it into praise. Praise God that I am dead. In the life I now live, I live by faith in your son. Thank you, Jesus. And then you, you turn it into praise. And, and, and then you live. You're just going to be different. Amen? All right, there you go. God help us to do it. Notice... 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the living word of God. Thank you that we have it in multiple formats. Thank you, Lord. We have multiple versions, different colors, different translations. But it all comes down to this. Am I renewing? Am I renewing? Memorizing. Meditating. Is your word, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through my sin, separating 
what is impure and sanctifying that which is pure. We pray this for each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this week.